Welcome to the Texas Values Report. This is Jonathan Sines, president of Texas Values. Great to be with you on another glorious week in the state of Texas. Man, this is my first week back from vacation. Yes, I do try to go on vacation, uh, but members of my team were still working because you know the state legislature was still in session. We're going to talk about that in just a minute with our guest, State Representative Valerie Swanson. This show is not about vacation times and about the weather. It's about the issues of faith family and freedom in the state of Texas. And if you're new to the show, we've been running for now four years continuously. And if you're watching us on Facebook, where we stream the radio broadcast as well, like it, share it, put it up in groups, because we're going to talk about some very important information that's timely. And this is one of the few places where you can get the information that we're going to offer. And, you know, we talk about these issues from the perspective of the courts, the legislature, in the media as the largest statewide organization in Texas that works on these issues with a team of 12 people. So I'm glad to be back in the studio, too. We're working on some audio issues, too, just to have a cleaner sound sometimes when it comes out on radio and uh, podcast. So if you like the sound a little bit better, if you notice it, comment, put it in the comment section. Maybe I'll respond to that, but it's always good to have that feedback. But let's get right into our guest segment of the show because she's got a very busy career and demanding schedule, and she might be heading home today. Who knows? Because the Texas House and the Texas legislature has signy died. They've gaveled out, if you will. They finished up the 30-day special session. Our guest today is State Representative Valerie Swanson. She is from the greater Houston area. She's been a state representative for many years, and before that, a very active grassroots activist, if you will, in the greater Houston area as a part of some very important groups on faith and family, Republican groups as well. Representative Swanson, welcome back to the Texas Values Report. Thank you, Jonathan, and thank you and hello to all your listeners. You bet. Well, we're glad to have you on. Because, as I mentioned, it's timely. Y'all just gaveled out. The special session just ended, a 30-day special session. A lot of attention was made around some issues you worked on. We'll get into that in just a minute. But I just want to set it up for our listeners where we are timing. We know this, the regular session ended earlier this year. We usually go from January to the end of May, if you will. That special session wrapped up 140 days. But unfortunately, there were some very important issues like election integrity, save women's sports and others that didn't get done during the regular session. So Governor Abbott said, look, we're calling the members back. Y'all came back. I forget what day it was, July 8th or so, um, after people caught their breath a little bit. But then the Democrats broke quorum in the House. So uh, the Senate did a lot of work. They did committee hearings. They passed legislation. But because there weren't enough members, 100 of the 150, because Democrats fled the state, y'all weren't able to technically get anything done because that quorum had been busted. So the governor said, I'm calling y'all back. For a second special session, but that's first session ended today. You, y'all did show up, um, Republicans and a few Democrats, um, and you were able to get some things done, but not officially and talk about some of these issues. But just talk to us a little bit about where we are. Special sessions ended and then appears a new special session starting tomorrow at noon. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Jonathan. As uh, most of your listeners know, um, in a special session, the legislature can only pass bills that are in what they call the call, the subject matter that the governor puts in there. We can't just decide what to pass. And uh, so he did put a lot of good content on there that we really want to pass. And unfortunately the Democrats left. And as everyone knows, uh, we did not have a quorum. The Texas constitution requires that each chamber have two thirds, which for us is a hundred out of 150. That means the Democrats can leave in mass at any point in time and we just cannot do business. It's not working out for them. Many of their 
voters are very upset, very angry about it. And so, as you said, today was sunny dime, meaning the final day of the first special session. And the second one starts tomorrow. And the governor's added things. We've got a lot of good stuff on there. I'm very hopeful to get a few more things added. So we will meet, so I'm not going home today. We will meet tomorrow just to get started so that um, we can refer bills. We can only even refer bills to committees though, if we have a quorum. Yeah, look, so we can't even do that until we get a hundred. We may not get a hundred till Monday. It takes, sometimes takes time for everybody to get back. We know at least two Democrats are off in Portugal and another one's down in the Caribbean on her honeymoon and Oh, we've got one or more Republicans with COVID, even though they were vaccinated. So there are a lot of reasons why people are might not be able to get back here tomorrow. Yeah, look, I saw that. I believe Travis Clardy has been it's been reported, tested positive for COVID. He's going to go into quarantine. I was at the Capitol earlier this week and I saw Harold Dutton, a Democrat from the Houston area floating around. So there are some Democrats around, but not enough. And to your point, just by the rules, you got to have 100. And I can't remember if there's been a point where Republicans ever had 100 on their own of 150. I think a few sessions ago, maybe there were 98, 99. They got up to 101 for a very brief period of time. Yeah, But now we're down to 83, which people wonder, well, you have a majority in both houses and you have the governor, lieutenant governor. Why don't you get everything done that we want you to? And that's a big part of the reason. So a lot of this is if we could pick up swing districts and improve our numbers, and we don't have to get quite a hundred because as you say, we had about nine Democrats that did not leave. So we, we don't need that many more. Just pick a swing district in your area and donate money, go work and and try to flip it Republican for next session. Well, look, and, and one thing that's important for people to know, the special session's concluding today. Speaking of Friday, sometimes people will hear this broadcast on different days. And then the, the new special session, the second one, will start on August 7th on Saturday. So just for people to note, kind of check your calendar. That means there can be another 30 days of a special session. Doesn't have to go the full 30 days, but at least in 30 days, it's possible. But you got some things done during this special session, even though you weren't able to pass bills, not having committee hearings. One of the issues that you've been working on very hard is the save women's sports issue. We know we continue to see this issue be of growing concern. Biological men and boys competing in women's sports, taking away opportunities for women, causing conflict. Uh, causing there to be litigation and changes of policies, all kinds of activity that has not been helping women. And they've been saying enough. So you have a bill on that issue that you had during the regular session. And even though you weren't able to get a hearing or get votes on it, you were able to accumulate, I think, if not close to a majority of support for that piece of legislation, which is some nice momentum going into this next special session. We had over half the House, 76 co-authors plus myself, so 77, uh, whereas 75 is a half. I could not even get a hearing. Um, We did get fairly close to passing a smaller bill that was only for high school and junior high. And so I really, really worked that. It was amazing the difference from February when I first started really working that bill and Many people, even the legislature, but especially in the public, were not aware of the problem. And now everyone's aware of it. It's the Olympics and other states passing this have really, really brought up this idea 
of how quickly we need to do something on it. So in this first special session, I decided I did not want to waste that time. So I worked my bills hard. I had two bills and they exactly matched what the um, what they had passed in the Senate. So one was high school and junior high, since that's all that the governor has so far put on the call. And that includes so far uh, college is not included on the call to the next special session. I'm very hopeful that the governor will add protecting college women's sports. Again, we had 77 sign on in the house last time. We're up to half this time that 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 want to and want to do it with college. The Senate passed it with college in there. So the desire to to do protect college girls as well as high school is there. We have the votes. We need it to be added to the governor's call, and we just we need a chance to get a hearing. People come up here, contact your legislators if you're in a swing district, demand that your Democrat legislator come back and get back to work so that we can pass this issue. Well, and we're talking with Representative Valerie Swanson. She represents the northwest part of the greater Houston, Harris County area. And she's talking about her bill, Save Women's Sports Issue. This is on the governor's call. Now, the governor's call for the special session is a little more specific in the way you could read it as it's designated just for high school sports. Representative Swanson's bill covers high school and college sports. You know, it's interesting, Representative Swanson, because you talk about having that support already. It looks like the House is ready to take this issue up and the votes are there to support it. Now we just got to have enough people to meet quorum so we can do that. But we've seen a shift on this issue just this year, right? The Senate started off with an effort that was just about high school sports. And throughout the session and towards the end, they sort of got on board or signaled that they were supportive of a more robust effort that included college sports. That includes our Lieutenant Governor, Senator Perry. And we know that because when the special session, the first special session um, got uh, down to business, the Senate heard two bills, one on just high school, but one that also included college sports. I, it was communicated to me directly that the lieutenant governor's office and other members of the Senate uh, leadership were on board with that more comprehensive approach, if you will. That's what we're seeing pass in other states like Florida and many others. And that's what's needed. We had a great hearing on that issue, by the way. Um, during the special session, we had people from all over the state and the country. We even had a member of the Idaho legislature, Representative yes. Swanson. This was one of the first states that passed this issue. And she said, look, Texas needs to get this done. And litigation that it resulted from that law has now fallen apart. We've also seen the uh, NCAA back off their position. They're you know, kind of hollow threats that they wouldn't have events in states that had these common sense policies. That's gone away. So a lot of things have cleared up. There's a lot of momentum. I think the chances of getting this done during the second special session are very good. I absolutely agree, Jonathan. And with the Senate having passed it in the first special session, and again, the members signing on in regular and special session to the bill that I had that does cover college, we have the votes in the House and the Senate. So we just need the governor to broaden the call and I'm hopeful that he will, and I would just encourage everyone to contact the governor's office and ask him to broaden the call to cover that. Well, and, you know, look, talking about the House, there were questions, and I think legitimate questions, about whether or not Speaker Phelan and his team supported this effort, um, whether the chairman of state affairs supported this issue, because you never got a hearing during the regular session when the opportunity was there. That I mean, We can't overlook that. I'm not saying you are. I'm just talking from my perspective and our organization, a lot of legitimate questions and concerns on whether 
you know, so-called House leadership was on board with this. But, you know, something interesting happening this week. You had a meeting, some grassroots people that came up from uh, different parts of the state to support your legislation. And the the uh, excuse me, chief of staff from um, Speaker Phelan's office was there and she talked about saying, hey, I'm with you all on this issue. Uh, Julia Rathgaber, the chief of staff from uh, Speaker Phelan's office was there. I think that's a good sign. And, you know, look, I mean, but I do think if he was vocal about this or we see some movement very quickly, I think that's enough. The Senate's on board with it. And I I don't think there'd be any question that bill gets sent to the governor's desk. He's going to be ready to sign it. I agree with that. But technically, we do need it to be added to the call. Yeah, no, it, it would help. Well, we can't pass anything else legally. And the governor's call is very specific. It says that it has to be identical to SB 29 that was uh, passed by the Senate in the regular session. So that specifically says we cannot include college. Well, some of that we need to broaden that call. Well, and some of that, Representative Swanson, that bill just turned into a mess. I mean, honestly, we weren't real excited about it either. SB 29, even though we, you know, we understood what Senator Perry was trying to do and we wanted to at least get something done. You know, it came over to the House and there was some infighting with Democrats and the committee hearing fell apart. Um, and then the committee process got complicated. Then you had Dan Huberty. I don't think it's inaccurate to say not supporting that bill and a part of it falling apart, even if it's, you know, it's small portion in committee. Then he had his own pro- personal problems that he was dealing with. He was away from the legislature. I mean, I could talk uh, too long on some of these things, but there was a lot of moving parts. And then the bill, you know, didn't even get uh, to a point where the full House could address it and vote on it. And so, but look, let's wipe all that slate clean. Let's just set all that aside for now. we got a fresh special session and I think an opportunity to have a better version of a bill. It certainly would help if it was in the governor's call. And it, it might create some challenges because, you know, look, I mean, what's the identical version of that bill at this point? Maybe hard to say. And a lot of things have happened since that regular session. But all of this leads to contacting your elected officials like you talk, Representative Swanson. If you're in a Democrat district, encourage them to come back so work can get done. And I think we this time has allowed more and more women to have their voice heard at the legislature and the Capitol on this important issue. Absolutely. We have had volunteers come up here most every day of this special session. They usually coordinate through my office but it has not been specifically run by me. They come by, pick up t-shirts, they wear hot pink, they have signs and they go and stand where the legislators can see them when they go in and out. They talk to legislators, they go around to the various offices, they get in with the governor's people. This has been worked almost every single day of this special session. And as you say, we've had a number of visitors come in, very dynamic young athlete, a girl going into her freshman year of college who is six foot five and is going to be I, on the basketball team at a public university. I saw a picture. And she came. Was it Midwestern she, State? Is that where she's going yes, to school? Yes. She and her mother came up and they talked to many people. We were the, the speaker came out into the foyer to meet her and talk to her about her issues, take pictures with her. Many other members talked to her. Just on this last Tuesday, we had 45 to 50 Hispanic pastors and um, members and young people from around the state who came and pushed for this issue. They had three issues they worked on. Um, So it was women's sports, including college, the stopping transgender modification of minors, which Matt Krause is carrying that bill. And the third one that they were very concerned about is they do not want 
people to lose their jobs if they do not want to get the um, the emergency use, experimental use COVID vaccine. Yeah. Uh, and we're seeing people losing their jobs around the now country look, there, and even in Texas. There's a lot of activity on that issue. We're getting a lot of calls and emails to our office about what are my rights if I don't want to take the vaccine? I mean, I think the governor's office has been very clear that you the government can't force people to take the vaccine to keep their job. But then you got the federal administration, the Biden administration saying, you know, really a lot of things that are opposite to that. And so, look, we got a lot of ground to cover, but we're just about done with the show today. And look, the special session starts tomorrow, Saturday at noon. We'll see what happens. To your point, Representative Swanson may take a couple of days to get quorum if we can get there to start seeing some things done. But members of the legislature will be at the Capitol tomorrow. How many of them? We don't know yet. But Representative Swanson is going to be there and other many of her colleagues. Very true. And I will warn everyone, though, that once we get quorum, it will all move very fast. Yeah. So we could all be done in a week and a half. I'm on board so with that. So there's no time to wait. If you want things added to the special call, you got to ask today. No, no doubt. And if you want, people can use the action alert that our partner group, Texas Values Action Sent, earlier this week with some very specific items, some pro-life items, save women's sports, and other issues. Representative Swanson, we know you're doing great work at the Capitol. You're leading on so many important issues. Thank you for being our guest today on the Texas Values Report. Thank you, Jonathan. All right, we're going to let Representative Swanson get back to work. I got a couple of concluding comments I want to go through. If you're watching on Facebook, share this, like it, put it in a group. Let's get those numbers up. All right, let's get some more people involved. Drop a comment here, and I'll try to answer some questions or comments that people have. You know, look, I was at the Capitol this week and talking to members of the legislature. I was in that meeting when Julia Rathgaber, the chief of staff from Representative, excuse me, Speaker Phelan's office was there. She was indicating her support for the same women's sports issue. They did not specifically obligate their support to one specific bill, but obviously they know what Representative Swanson is doing with her comprehensive bill on college and high school sports. I want to be encouraged by that, but we're going to have to see some action. And and I do think a lot of people are going to expect the speaker to move quickly and swiftly and to get some robust things done. And if that doesn't happen, there's going to continue to be some questions and some concerns. One thing that was notable was while we were very encouraged that Governor Abbott uh, brought back to the special session election integrity issues, the Save Women Sports issue, even though we think it needs to include college and others, there was a lot of requests for the gender modification issue to be on the call. And as a matter of fact, Matt Krause has a bill on that that he filed during the first special session, and he indicated he already had a majority of support. I talked to a lot of House members. They said they're ready to support it. There was a report out. Um, I don't know who reported it a few weeks back that the governor suggested that, you know, he didn't think that there were enough House members supporting it. So he was going to do something that was a a non-legislative route. We haven't seen anything from the governor's office on that. I thought we would have seen something by now. I have inquired just to get a sense of their timing. We know the governor cares about this issue, and that's good. But we also know from talking to a lot of House members, they're ready to vote on this. So we'll see how that goes. And that was included in our request of the governor because it makes it a little bit more challenging. And you might, Representative Swanson, you are still... We can still hear your audio, just so you know. If you, all right, thank you, Joseph. We got her muted. Sometimes our guests uh, um, in their session and don't realize that they're still on with us. So it's always good to have somebody in the back end checking that out. But look, um, there's still time, as Representative Swanson said. Reach out to your elected official. Um, contact the governor's office, the speaker's office, and let them know where you are. And this doesn't mean that we think they're hostile to these issues. We know that the governor is supportive of these issues, but I think a lot of times it helps their office to know they've got a lot of backup too. So send them an email, let them know you're with them, 
on these issues and we want to get these things done before the special session wraps up. And look, it might happen fast. So people might think, oh, we got 30 days. We'll get this figured out. I've got some time. Maybe not. And, you know, you may find that you don't have some of these hearings or robust hearings, and it might not be necessary. These issues have been dealt with. There was hearings during the regular session. There were hearings in the special session on the Senate side. Now it's just time to vote. And you'll hear that a lot of times, right? People that are critics of some of the work that we're involved in or some related uh, legislative efforts, they'll say, you know, why do you all spend so much time on these controversial issues and these divisive issues and things of that nature? My response is, oh, we don't have to spend any more time than like five or ten seconds. Bring them up for a vote. It doesn't take very long. Usually a lot of the time that's consumed is by the opposition slowing the process down, calling points of order, going through maneuvers to try to stop legislation, you know, fleeing the state to go to D.C. because they know that the votes are there for these issues and they're going to lose if they don't um, support these issues and they're going to be on the losing side. And they know that they can't stop them. So they'll come up with these kind of desperate and extreme measures to try to, uh, to to stop them. And they've been successful so far. Whether you want to you know, admit that or not, the fact that they flee the state, stop this legislating, legislation from getting passed. Now, I know it is encouraging that Governor Abbott's been very clear. He'll call as many special sessions as he has to to get these things done. So it's great to see his leadership on that, to see him being very firm about it. And so, look, I mean, that's a long time to be away from your family or whatever they're doing for 30 days. I would imagine, you know, kids are getting back to school. So I think time is, you know, likely very close to running out for them. But we'll see what happens. Whatever the case may be, we'll have a member of our team at the Capitol and try to be there every day or as often as we can during the special session when they're doing official business. Check our our pages out, txvalues.org, if you want to support us. We're a nonprofit organization, txvalues.org. You can make that tax-deductible donation today. We're also not very far from a couple of other milestones. September 1st is when a lot of pieces of legislation and new laws go into effect. That includes the Texas heartbeat law. We know that there's been litigation against the Texas heartbeat law. Um, This should fail because it's the same strategy that the opposition, the abortion groups have used. This law is different than other states. Go to texasheartbeatlaw.com if you want to see some of those details. texasheartbeatlaw.com. We've got a website set up with information on how the law works. It's civil enforcement. The government is not involved in enforcing this. When the government's not involved in enforcing it, that means you can't make the same claims of a constitutional violation, and that means that you can't have the law struck down as unconstitutional before it goes into effect. That doesn't mean that the other side won't try, and they're trying. But our side, and I was uh, had some, some uh, consultation, if you will, and communication about these issues this week, and we're going to be continued to stay up to date Um, with our team on uh, what's the best strategy, how can we make people aware of what the law is and how to keep it in force. Let our our national partners know. There was a great article in National Catholic Register. You saw a couple of weeks I was on a international TV program, uh, national and international EWTN. A lot of interest on the Texas heartbeat law from other parts of the country. There's also a um, a case out of Mississippi, which is a, essentially a ban on abortions after 15 weeks going up to the U.S. Supreme Court. Texas Values was a part of a brief that was submitted at the U.S. Supreme Court supporting that pro-life law, but also you know, really from the position that this could be litigation in a court case that puts uh, Planned Parenthood versus Casey or Roe v. Wade decision in the crosshairs. Um, could this be overturned? It's a possibility. Very important court case that the U.S. Supreme Court is going to be taking up this coming term. They usually start their oral arguments in late September or early October. So more will be coming out on that. But we submitted a brief supporting the pro-life position on that issue. And, you know, look, there's another brief that we filed this week 
on an issue here in the city of Austin that also relates to pro-life issues. We're still waiting for a decision from the Texas Supreme Court on what's going to happen with the religious freedom law, the Save Chick-fil-A law out of San Antonio. We're at a very early stage in that, but just trying to make sure it gets enforced against the city of San Antonio, who still to this day has not said that they'll stop doing these unconstitutional things where they'll stop businesses like Chick-fil-A from having stores in their airport just because they operate based on Christian beliefs. They were singled out and discriminated against by the city of San Antonio. There's a law in place on that. That is a very important issue. A couple of other programming notes, all right? Let's, you know, a lot of people are getting back to business, going to in-person events. I know there's, you know, a couple of, there's some concerns about um, things related to these new strains of the the COVID vaccine, however, whatever the case may be, we're having an event on September 24th and 25th in the Austin area. This is our annual policy forum. This is at Great Hills Baptist Church in Austin. We're going to have some fantastic speakers. Some of them have already been announced. Um, our former colleague, Nicole Hudgens from Family Policy Alliance, she's going to be there. A uh, former member of the Trump administration, Arena Grossu, who now is a part of our team at Texas Values, does policy and communications work. She is involved in a lot of pro-life work as well. She's going to be one of the speakers there. I think I can announce, well, I need to wait on this one. All right, I need to check my notes to make sure if it's confirmed, confirmed. But I know Senator Charles Perry has talked, has told us um, that he expects to be there as a part of our event. Jason Jones, the pro-life movie director and who's now a Texan, he's going to be there in person. And uh, go to our website, txvalues.org, to see some of the other speakers that have been announced. Uh, Texas Supreme Court Judge Jimmy Blacklock is going to be there. I saw him at an event not too long ago over at the Kalahari um, Water Park and Resort. It's always great to connect with him in person. He's going to be there talking a little bit about what's been going on the latest at the Texas Supreme Court. So this is the biggest event, the biggest faith and family conference that I'm aware of in the state of Texas. This will be our fourth year to do it. And I believe we're going to be confirming an amazing musical kind of special appearance like we did last year with Matthew West. I hope to announce that next week. But get your tickets right now because prices are going to go up as we get closer to the event. That's September 24th and 25th, the Texas Faith, Family, and Freedom Policy Forum. Go to txvalues.org. Get your tickets today. And I believe I can announce, I don't think that one's um, confirmed yet either. A couple of things looming out there. Put this on your calendar, though. November 2nd is going to be the election day for ballot propositions. One of those ballot propositions is on the issue of religious freedom. It's our protection from the government, not just during pandemics, but other settings. This was passed during the state legislative session. It's now going to be on the ballot. We can put some strong language in our state constitution that makes it clear and updated where we are on religious freedom. And that's significant because sometimes people say, well, the constitution was passed a little bit a long time ago. Maybe it doesn't apply to certain issues that happen now. This is current. All right. And you're going to like this language when you see it. Sometimes we have to make it clear. What does the Constitution mean? What does the First Amendment mean? We're going to make that very specific. That's going to be on November 2nd. We need a huge turnout for that ballot initiative election. We haven't really had sort of one of our issues on the ballot probably since 2005, if not maybe more recently. But that's the last I can remember when we voted on the marriage issue. So check your calendar on that. That's why you got to tune in every week to the Texas Values Report, where we talk about the issues of faith, family and freedom in Texas. And we'll talk to you next week on the Texas Values Report.